0: sparing me my shame who could care For and powerless Is all lost in lonely In all the things who come confess We'll know that you So sure I can sing and shout Go on and scream it from the mountain Go on and tell it to the master That he is God And shout So Thank you, Lord, for your blood that makes us clean, that wipes away all debts, wipes away all sin. If we choose to follow you and accept your son. Thank you, God, for worship. Thank you for this time. Your name, amen.
1: On Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. This is the Sunday that we celebrate and we remember the greatest event in history and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm so glad that you're with us. I I believe that God has something very, very special for us as we're listening to his word uh, here for these few moments. Um, Whether you are tuning in for the first time or maybe belief in God is something maybe you're just trying to check out or maybe there's a struggle there, or maybe you feel like you're far away from God. I just believe that God has something very, very special about one word, and that is belief. Now, if you're listening to this or watching this, and you've put your faith and belief in Jesus years ago, and you've been walking with him, I also believe that God has something very, very special as we move our faith to the next level of really saying, yes, Lord, I believe in you at whatever cost. And I believe God of what you can do. See, I I, I believe the story of Easter, which we'll get to in just a second, is not just about believing in God. It's about believing God can. God can overcome anything. God can do anything. He's the God of the impossible. And even when we fail, and even when we sometimes lose our way, or we feel like turning back and just going the other way, which we're going to look at two of these guys here Out of Luke 24, God still is faithful. And that causes me, I hope causes you, to want to believe in this Christ that is so absolutely life-changing. Well, I just want to set up the events here um, previous to where we're going to be in the 24th chapter of Luke. We're going to start in verse 13. We're going to make our way down to verse 35. But before we get there, just want to give a couple minutes of recounting where we were a week ago from this text we're going to read here in just a moment. Jesus, being the very Son of God, remember, came into the city of Jerusalem last Sunday, Palm Sunday, we celebrated that. He came in as a humble servant on a donkey. As he came into this city of God that God established for the worship of his people to worship the one true God, they laid palm branches down. They put cloaks down on the ground. Jesus came in on a donkey humbly and spent the entire week miracles, preaching, teaching, setting up for the most greatest decision that he would ever make, and that would be to go to the cross and to die for the sins of the entire world. So I, I just want to say that the 12 followers that were with Jesus, they anticipated that Jesus was going to set up his earthly kingdom, that Jesus would come and save them from the Roman government that was so oppressive during that time. And so they were hyped up. They were excited. Lord, can you just see all these people? They're here for you, Lord. We are going to sit at your right and your left, and we are going to be with you on your throne as you are the conquering king. That's what they had in their mind. But when Jesus, days later, talked about suffering, when they talked about he would be put to the hands of the Roman soldiers, that that Jesus would die on a cross, he'd be crucified, whipped and beaten, that he prophesied all of that, they said, no way, Lord, that simply can't be your plan. That's not the way. And that moment that Jesus gave his life in complete belief and trust to the Father, he laid himself down on the cross and those Roman soldiers nailed his hands and feet into that cross. Jesus was hung between heaven and earth for one reason, and that was because of love. It was because of love for you and me, that he wants a love relationship on earth, but also eternity when we get to the Lord, uh, to be with the Lord in heaven. So as this is all happening, the disciples now are starting to question. Are they, they are starting to lose faith. They are starting to lose belief. In fact, one of them, Peter, lost so much belief that he denied that he even knew Jesus three times as Jesus literally, false accusations, he was on trial and he was hours away from his crucifixion. I think um, all of the disciples except for one, John, who was there at the foot of the cross when Jesus died, they all scattered and they left. They said, we are out of here. It is now days later that we find ourselves on a seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to a place called Emmaus, where a guy named Cleo and his companion, we don't even know his name, and they are now literally turned their backs on Jerusalem, and they turn their back on Jesus, and they are splitting, man. They are going home. They are leaving this Jerusalem thing behind, the plan has failed. We left our fishing business. We left our tax collecting business. And and, and Jesus died. And, And this is horrible. This is exactly where we find these guys on the road to Emmaus. They are leaving. They quit. They are out of here. We are done with this. And I just have to stop here before we read the text now and ask all of us a question. Have we ever felt like throwing in the towel? Have we ever felt like what's the use? Have we ever lost hope? Have we ever lost our degree of belief? Maybe maybe we believe, still believe in God, but God, I don't really know if you can come through. I don't know, God, if if you can really break the barrier on this one. I just want to remind us that God can, and I, I hope that after these few moments, we'll be into a greater faith than we had before, before we tuned in here at Mission Christian Church. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 24. It's with all of that set up now that this seven-mile journey from Jerusalem to Emmaus that these two guys are on means so much more, and the context is so much more deep. So here we find ourselves in verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened, and just want to say here that as they're walking on the seven mile journey they're talking about everything we don't know exactly what but we can certainly gather that as they first thing I see here is that they returned home they're returning home and maybe like I said you felt like returning home returning back to the old life returning back maybe just it's just too hard to believe it's just too hard to put faith there's just so much going on and so we're just we're just feel like we're distant from God I think that's where these guys were They were literally turning their back and they just felt distant from God. And they were talking about all these things. What are these things? I think they talked about the miracles Jesus did. I think they talked about the fact that that he was ruler and king and came in a week earlier on this donkey and that Jesus was going to be the king of kings and lord of lords. I think they also talked about the fact that Judas betrayed the Lord and they betrayed these 12 uh, disciples. We don't know exactly Cleo and his companion, how much, how long they followed Jesus, but they certainly were followers of Christ. And so as they're walking, talking about these things, verse 15 says, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. I, I, I got to be honest, this is, kind of, this is kind of interesting to me. I don't really understand all of this. I have a guess about why they couldn't recognize him. I mean, they had been with the Lord. They saw him. Why couldn't they recognize him? Jesus comes up. Jesus kind of creeps up behind him. You know, he's, he's kind of just sneaks up and he's walking with them and he begins this conversation but they were kept from recognizing him. Here's what I think after reading this and reading it and rereading it and looking at some commentary. I, I think that maybe, perhaps, they were kept from recognizing him because Jesus, in this particular moment, didn't want them to see who he was because he wanted to know exactly where their hearts were. He wanted them to be brutally honest. And maybe if they saw Jesus, they wouldn't have been brutally honest about where they were in their faith and belief and who Jesus was and how all this began to happen with the crucifixion and the resurrection which they certainly heard about so um, it says here that Jesus asked them a question as they walked along they kept uh, they were kept from recognizing him verse 17 and so he asked them um, what are you guys discussing together as you're walking along and they stood still their faces downcast They were certainly without hope. One of them, named Cleopas, we're calling him Cleo, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. Isn't it interesting that Jesus is asking a question? Of course, Jesus is certainly the answer. He knows everything. But I think he asks questions because he doesn't need to know the answer, but he certainly wants it to be revealed what's in the heart of Cleo and his companion. So Jesus asked, well, what things he asked? (laughs) It's kind of interesting that (laughs) um, they're asking Jesus about who Jesus was, talking about Jesus, and Jesus is standing right in front of him. I think that's kind of funny. Um, And they begin in verse 19 to 24, and here's how the conversation goes. Well, about Jesus of Nazareth, of course. He was a prophet, man. Notice there, he was a prophet. Look where their minds were. He was a prophet. Um, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped, notice there, past tense. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more is that the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning but didn't find his body. They came and told us, that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb, found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Notice that um, they're recounting here what they believed about Jesus. I just see the diminishing of their faith. I just see these guys lost belief. I see these guys lost hope. I see that these guys had spiritually lost their way. And I just have to stop and just ask once again, have you lost hope in your marriage? Have you lost hope that you're going to make it to college? Have you lost hope that maybe making it through the, the, the courses that you decided and the degree that you're going after and just feel like you lost hope, feel like you have just lack of faith, or maybe God left you, or maybe hope that you got that job, or hope that you get the promotion, or hope that the business would really be successful, or hope that maybe God would help you to conquer over this addiction that you're struggling with. And I got to say, I don't blame these guys too much. I I really don't, Um, because life can just hit you hard. I I just think that there are moments in life, you know, one phone call can change your life. Uh, One doctor visit can change your perspective. When my wife received the news that she got cancer five years ago, it was devastating. It was like life just hits hard. And so, you know, I think it's easy for us being human. Sometimes we we turn back. Sometimes we lose our way. Sometimes we don't understand, God, what are you doing? But what I want us to notice here out of this text, out of this resurrection story, is that God not only allows them to return home, but Jesus reveals himself to these two guys. He doesn't quit. He doesn't give up. He doesn't Uh, have a sense of, well, I lost these guys. They're gone forever. Jesus comes. Notice that Jesus follows them now. Jesus stops them on the road. He has this conversation, but sometimes we're looking for the spectacular. We're looking for God. Do something amazing. Do something great. I mean, show God your glory and then I'll believe, but God doesn't always do that. Sometimes God will come in a whisper. Sometimes God will, will come through a song. Sometimes God will come through the quietness of a moment. Or he may even come through suffering and wondering what in the world is going on, God? What are you doing? When we fall back, when we want to throw it all away, when we sometimes want to return back home, what do we do? I love Jesus. He's so crazy good. I love what he does. He doesn't say, I can't believe you guys don't believe. I can't believe you guys are throwing it in. I can't believe you guys are going back to Emmaus. He brings them right back to the word. He said to them, How foolish you are and not, how slow to believe that all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Verse 27 says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I, I just love this because what Jesus does is returns them back to the word and back to what is tangible, the Bible, God's Word. I think what Jesus basically done is, look guys, I I, I don't want you to lose your faith. So you remember the first five books of the Old Testament. You remember the books of Moses. You remember in Genesis chapter 22 when, when God called Abraham to be a prophet and to take his one and only son, his son that he loved, to Mount Moriah. You remember that in Exodus 12 when God rescued the people of God from the hand of Pharaoh. You remember In Psalm 2 and Psalm 16 and Psalm 22, when the Messiah, it was prophesied that he would be raised again from the dead on the third day. And of course, you remember Isaiah 7 and 11, that for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. This was prophesied, it was foretold that it had to happen this way. So we see what Jesus is doing. He's reminding these two guys, as he's doing right now, remember the word. Remember that God gave this fulfillment of prophecy so that knowing we'd be standing right in this moment and maybe a lack of faith and maybe feeling like we need to go back, he brings us back to prophecy. I love prophecy because basically what it is, it's ta- it's a timeline that God from the beginning of time is looking down the corridors of thousands of generations and he knows every single thing that's going to happen and he already handpicked certain prophets, men and women that would see into the future and write down the scripture and that's what we have today. So if you're feeling like, man, I just don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is alive. I don't know if Jesus is alive. I don't know if the Bible is really all that it is. Let me remind you of a few prophecies. Isaiah chapter 7 says, Jesus, thousands of years before Jesus was born, He'd be born. I'm sorry, 700 years before Jesus was born, He would be born of the Virgin Mary. I, Micah 5.2 says, He'd be born in a little town of Bethlehem. Genesis 49, He'd be born out of the tribe of Judah. Isaiah chapter 9, He would come from a little town called Galilee. Isaiah 35 says, He would be a miracle worker, in Zechariah 9.9, says he would come into Jerusalem on a donkey. Isaiah 53, 700 years before Jesus even came to the earth as a baby, he would be crucified between two thieves. That tells me this. The scriptures remind us that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on a cross, and he rose again on the third day. And even though these guys had a momentary lapse of belief, Jesus goes after them and says, guys, remember the text, remember the scripture. It's all true. So when I take all that in, why do I worry about stuff? Why is it that I let anxiety some days get the best of me? Why is it sometimes that as a follower of Christ, that I still lose hope in what God you're doing or what you're allowing? I just think Cleo's a lot like all of us. And if that's you today, you can return to faith and belief as simple as a child saying yes to his father, yes to his mother. I just finish up here with this text in uh, verse 28, and they approached the village to which they were going. Jesus continued on as he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So they went to stay with him. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened up the scriptures to us? They got up, returned once again to Jerusalem, and there they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and as he appeared to Simon. And then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus recognized, uh, recognized by them when they broke bread. I, I just love the way this unfolds. A couple of things as we turn this thing around and we just wind this thing down is that this is turnaround time. Cleo and his friend, I hope we noticed there that they made a turnaround. They made a decision to turn from Emmaus and turn back to Jerusalem and they went back to the disciples. Man, and Jesus has this meal with them, which is once again a way of God showing that Jesus is alive. He's a real person. He physically arose. But I love what this text says when it says that they wanted him to stay with them. Cleo wanted Jesus, just stay with us. And we're not our hearts burning when we listen to him. That right there is the turnaround moment. And so I just think this is so simple that now is your time. If you're listening to this, maybe you stumbled onto this, maybe you... Maybe you logged on with a friend and think, man, I just got to maybe just check this thing out. I've been wondering about God and I feel far away from God. This is your moment right now. He wants you to put your belief in him and just say, Lord, I believe in you. I, I, I give you my life. I surrender my life. And it's as simple as saying yes to Jesus Christ. Now, maybe some of you who are watching or listening to this say, you know what? I already put my faith in Him, but I feel like I've been drifting I just say there's no reason not to turn around and come back home and not just believe in Jesus, but believe that God can. He can do the impossible. They went back to Jerusalem. They went back to where God told them to be. The Holy Spirit would come and fill them with power and fill them with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And so the disciples would never look back and their lives would be forever changed. And even when we are going one way, God calls us back simply for one reason, and that is to believe. It's simple. Believe, receive, and follow. I hope that's the desire of your heart. I like to kind of call Cleo and his friend here and uh, the other disciples when they got back, the, the, the men of the Burning Hearts Club. Man, their hearts were just burning for God. And that is my prayer, that we would burn with the desire to know God and to fulfill his every purpose as we simply believe in him. So, Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for reminding us of what it's all about, the resurrection, that even though we may be going one way, you stop us on that road and you bring us back. I thank you, God, for your patience, your loving kindness, and I thank you for the simplicity of just believing not only in you, God, but believing that you can do anything, change anything. And we believe that now. We put our trust in you now in Jesus' name. I hope this has been encouraging. If you like this, um, like it and maybe share it with somebody that it could help um, who's maybe experiencing some lack of hope. Remember that we're always here um, on Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. Hope that we'll see you here and we'll be here next week continuing on through the book of First Thessalonians.